Finding a great summer camp is something of a leap of faith. You never know what you're going to get and whether your kids will like it. So when you show up at the first day of a summer camp and the director's there to engage you and your kids, it makes a really great first impression. That's what we got at the Mass Tennis Academy summer camp and the good times kept rolling through the week. So I thought it would be really cool to talk to Coach David Mast about his tennis academy. And Coach Mast, welcome to the Youth Sports Experience. Oh, thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate it. You know, uh, camps, like I said, are a leap of faith. You know, you don't know whether your kids will like it. And my kids said they had a good time. They said they had fun. That, that's a huge tribute to you and your staff and the camp you put together. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I have a secret weapon that um, I never tell people <laughs> when I send my kids to camp. They wear those fitness devices, right. you know, on their wrists. So when, oh, they come, nice. when they right. come home, I can measure the number of steps they took. Right. And right. Well, that, um, that, we, we, were in, we were in the half day version from nine to 12. Right. And, you know, one day it rained. So that's a little bit different. But um, they were getting close to 9,000 steps. Wow. You know, that's from, a lot. Yeah. That's so a, a full day of camp, that's probably 20,000 steps. Yeah, you know, that's that's funny you say that. Uh, that's something, um, I think that is really cool and something that totally off my radar screen. My wife's really into those devices and um, I'm more just like, let's just do the sport and maybe figure that stuff out later. So we just do our thing and I guess, wow, that, that's incredible. But I think that that's good data for sure. Absolutely, you can put that in your camp flyer. No, oh, that's so. <laughs> great. Yeah. Kids will guarantee to get 10,000 steps if they do half day and double if they're doing full day. I think that's incredible. I think yeah. that's very useful to show people that tennis, um, you know, really um, can get kids active and moving around um, a lot, a lot more than they really think. No question. It really compares favorably too to some of the best uh, basketball and soccer camps that I've sent my kids to over the years where they would come home. It was a full day with, you know, 20,000 steps. And I was like, wow, they were tired, but they said right. it was a good time. So they were active. Right. You know, I've seen other camps with not so many steps and I know they weren't doing a whole lot. They were either standing in line or doing a lot of sitting around. So exactly, exactly. That, that's great. So um, real quick, how did you get into coaching tennis? Well, I got into coaching tennis because I played tennis. Um, I wasn't one to read a book and say, hey, look, I'm just going to go teach some tennis, you know, easy money, this type of thing. You know, I got into it because I love tennis. I played tennis. And then I got to a level where I thought, you know, I could I could um, teach kids the game just the way that I learned, um, you know, and I really love the game. And I think besides from just loving tennis and saying, you know, I'm going to teach tennis, you know, you, you really have to, um, you know, you have to be a teacher. You have to love kids and want to teach kids and give them and give them that gift. But your question is how I got into it. I would say from playing tennis, from competing um, in juniors, um, um, you know, playing USTA tournaments and then moving on, playing in college and then playing after college. Um, and actually, I still compete now in my age groups. Mm -hmm. What's the hardest thing to teach? My guys say the overhead serve was the hardest thing to learn. Hardest thing to teach would probably be the volley and serve, especially the serve because it's a stationary stroke. So you're standing still and you have to throw the ball up and hit it while standing still. And there's a lot of moving parts to the serve. So I would say the serve is the hardest thing to teach. 
Okay. Um, your staff uh, were terrific with the kids. Oh, and, and most of them, as far as I know, they were high school kids, right? Yeah. So we had um, a tier that um, were graduating from high school and then college. And then, um, you know, we had one or two senior staff that have recently graduated college. And then, of course, myself, who I've been out of college a little while. Right. <laughs> uh, me too. Um, so, you know, as uh, staff can make or break a camp and right. you did a really nice job of selecting kids. So uh, you don't just take anybody. Uh, you pick some people who they were energetic. Uh, they were positive with the kids. They connected with them. Right. And, and what I loved is none of them were on their phones. Yeah, well, uh, that's a, a battle. I mean, you maybe <laughs> you missed a few that were on their phones. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for that. But uh, picking the staff is probably the most important part of running a successful camp because really I'm just the facilitator. I'm the go-between. So if you if you have a dotted camp and if you have someone that you know you really shouldn't have hired, which sometimes you know you make mistakes, um, it can really be tough on the camp as a whole. So I just try to pick um, staff members who are good tennis players, but really that's not the prerequisite. Really, it's kid guys and, and girls who like to be around kids and who bring in a vibe. I call it a vibe. I mean, like a, you know, basically a vibe that is a beat um, for the camp, something that, um, the kids pick up one and they want the kids want to be there if the staff wants to be there and that they feel like you know they're engaging and and learning at the same time but i would say if when i'm hiring people it's not first thing is not like you know well let me go get the best tennis player in the world to come teach at camp I, i've been down that road before where we announce oh i i've just hired the you know, the, the coach of, of, of this great college and he's coming to the Mass Tennis Academy. Well, that may sound great when you're advertising that on the web or wherever and parents may in fact sign up a couple kids, but it's the end game. They have to be good with kids. They could be the worst. You could lose clients from a so-called great coach. They just have to be good with the kids no matter what their level is. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I have to think that um, I'm not sure how many years you've been doing the camp, but your camp has evolved over the years. And, and I found out talking to you that you're doing some camp consulting to help other people run their camps. When you think about the basic points of what makes a camp good, what comes to mind? Well, uh, lots of things. Um, staffing, um, a schedule of the day. If you don't have a schedule to use for the kids, they don't know what they're doing next. You could have complete chaos, safety, um, a great facility. And ironically enough, um, food is very important. A great lunch. Kids who stay the full day, they want to eat well and feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say those are some, I'm probably leaving out a few things, but those are the main components. And so you just want someone who's running the camp to be a servant i mean to the kids i mean you're 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 it you 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 have to do everything you can to make families and kids feel comfortable at your camp mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i thought one of the key points was you know the number of steps my kids got told me that they stayed active 
You know, they didn't right. spend a lot of time standing in lines. You had right. enough courts so right. that most of the kids could be on a court and they could be playing. And if right. you're not playing, you're really not learning. Right. And, you know, you have to hit a lot of balls. You have to, you have to do the reps in order to get better. Um, tennis is one of those things you do have to spend a lot of time out on the courts. Probably this week we're on the courts a little bit, maybe a little bit less, taking more breaks. But, you know, when it's that hot, you do have to take the breaks. But the week, the last two weeks, the weather was probably the best two weeks of weather in Baltimore that I've ever experienced in June. And we took advantage of it and we kept the kids out, you know, playing a lot. Yeah. And you coach high school tennis at Calvert Hall High School. I mean, a right. really prestigious, you know, private high school in the Baltimore area. When you're looking for players, uh, are there plenty of players out there to find or is it hard to find good young tennis players? Very hard to find. They're not really lining up because you're competing with lacrosse and all the other sports, especially lacrosse. Um, you know, you're competing with these other team sports who they're not really lining up. You have to go find them. And I think, you know, my tennis academy tends to get kids um, playing the game. That's what I always wanted. And now, you know, coaching high school, you know, maybe I can bear some of those fruits where these kids come up through my program. And then I have a little bit of a streamline into the high school and, you know, into my high school where I'm coaching and I can get them to play. But it, it, it's difficult. Um it's difficult to get kids. And then sometimes at the higher level, the kids who are really good high school players, they don't want to play for their high school. You got to change the mentality that playing for your high school is, is, is a privilege. It's not something to be taken for granted. You can go play on your own anytime you want to, but to play for your high school is an honor. It's a privilege. And that's the, that's what I try to preach to my kids. Yeah. So in basketball, you know, there's AAU basketball, youth basketball in soccer. There's, you know, plenty of travel teams out there for high schools to, to look at. Uh, is there anything like that in tennis? Is there a junior circuit? And I'm guessing there's just not enough kids playing it. Um, there there's USTA and then there's UTR tournaments. So you get, you get a fair amount of kids who, who are playing and there's different leagues. Um, so that's, that's not too much, um, of a problem. It's just, again, I think um, here locally in the Mid-Atlantic, um, you know, it's a pretty good section for tennis, but, uh, you know, you're dealing with the weather too. So we start our practices, let's say the day after President's Day. So February 16th, we're outside practicing. So that that's also kind of a tough sell. It's not like we're in Florida and, you know, it's 80 degrees and, you know, it's a no brainer to, to play a spring high school sport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're in the era of specialization, right? Where it seems like a lot of sports, kids are choosing one sport more and more often. Is that the case with tennis players or are a lot of your kids that are playing for you, are they multi-sport athletes? Um, most of them have to decide, I would say, relatively soon before their freshman year. Tennis is not one of those things you can play part-time. I don't care what anyone says. It's you're either all in or you're, 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 playing a different sport. I, I just don't see kids playing tennis and another sport um, very at the highest levels and to, you know, being very successful at both. I, I don't know other sports. I think you, I don't know, you've had some multi-sport athletes from time to time you get like, um, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe soccer and tennis relate to each other because mm -hmm. soccer lays the footwork and then the tennis you know, uh, soccer's in the fall, 
more of the time and tennis is in the spring so that that could be doable but i i, I think trying to play a, a, a different sport like a baseball or a basketball or or even a football and then trying to play tennis is almost impossible at the high, higher levels yeah i have seen some really good basketball players that i've learned that somewhere in their youth they played tennis and when i look at how they move uh and how they think on the court it really doesn't surprise me um, because I think tennis is great for kind of like that overall long-term athletic development. It just covers right. so many areas. Right. Yeah, no, it, it does. It covers everything. Footwork, catching and throwing. You have to have good hands, decision-making. You're on your own. Um, so, yeah, no, tennis is definitely, is tr that's true. I've come up with my own list. All right, here. So I actually thought about it and I said to myself, you know, I think I would rather have my kids play tennis than baseball, just given the attributes. You know, when you're talking about hand-eye coordination, whereas tennis just involves a lot more movement, uh, change of direction, um, touch, you know, placing your shots where you want them to go, uh, eyes tracking the ball and predicting the flight path of the ball, uh, tactical thinking, you know, you have to think a shot ahead. Um, paying attention, you know, and I hope that translates to the classroom right, with right. my kids. Uh, right. You know, you can't defer to teammates. I mean, right. really, even in doubles, you can't just defer because you don't know, right. you know where the ball is going. Um, you got to turn your torso to generate some power. Right. You, you got to communicate with your teammate. And then you have that little thing, um, integrity, whether you call a ball in or out, you know, right, when, there's, right. when there's no referee. So, right. Right. Um, do you see kids blossom when they get immersed in tennis and just that overall athletic ability? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, for sure. They, I, I do see um, kids who come in um, who, you know, a lot of those attributes that you spoke of, they, they grab onto those and they, they really do flourish. I mean, it, it, and it's, it's a lot quicker process for these kids because again, you know, when you're playing a team sport, a lot of times you're playing one position. So you, maybe you're good at that one position, like a, a first baseman, you know, he's really good at cat, you know, fielding and catching. I used to play first base when I played baseball and I also pitched, you know, and I was really good at those positions. But if you think about tennis, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing the backcourt, the front court. You're playing. You're playing everything. You're managing the clock. You're managing your serve. You're managing the return of serve. Decision making. It, it's off the charts. Yeah. Can you be a late bloomer in tennis, or is it something you need to start off early? Both. Um, it just depends on the person. Um, I've seen kids that I've almost given up on occasionally, and I probably would never do again. I because every kid's different, but I've turned my head at some kids and I see them in a couple of years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is that the same person? Um, so, you know, you can start early and get burnt out or, you know, sometimes you start early and kids, you know, they make it through. And then you, again, you see late bloomers, kids who are 10, 11, 12, 13, even 14, who are late, you know, late bloomers. I would say myself, I'm, I'm probably even a little bit of a late bloomer. I really didn't play great tennis until I was in my mid twenties, late or 30 years old. I played some pretty good tennis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, where would kids go if they want to get involved in tennis? I mean, I know every local place has their own places, but in general, you know, where do you go? Well, that's a good point. Uh, you know, there's not really, um, and this is something I've thought about doing 
um, there's not really a rec tennis organization in the country. Um, there's not really, you know, like there's rec baseball, rec football, and all the other sports, they have, you know, rec leagues. And there's not a whole lot of that in tennis. I think if you had more rec grassroots, um, that could be your first step. And then you could go from there. And now it's basically, you know, you have to take lessons or meet up, you know, with someone like myself or an academy and then go and then do a week of camp and then meet people, take some lessons and things like that, and then progress to tournaments. But I think if there was a platform where there was a recreational, um, tennis where you catch more kids in that net so to speak then i think you would have um better american tennis players as a whole is it fair to say that maybe we're suffering a little bit as a country right now compared to the rest of the world oh for sure 100 percent. most of the reason is everyone's so scared and so insecure about losing losing kids so for instance your kids come to my camp and oh mark mark thomas's kids are at my camp oh well you know you feel like you know they have to stay at my camp and oh god they went to um you know uh susie or johnny's camp down the street and oh gosh but you know the at the end of the day you got to realize like we don't own anyone and the interest of the kids come first and that's how they're going to get better but if we constantly pin each other against one another and we don't do a more of a collaboration you know in this country to get kids really truly better and not think about it and just in terms of money we're, we're not going to have any good american tennis players that and the reason why the other countries smaller countries poorer countries have better tennis players because their model is different they work more together to produce better players um the system is completely different mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think a lot of what you're saying pertains to other sports in this country too yeah, I, I'm not sure uh, how it works with other sports, but I would say this, you know, it's the same system in this country where everybody is just trying to, you know, grab a piece. And, you know, I understand that. I mean, I'm a business owner and I run a, a tennis program. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I enjoy that, but you also, this is one of those things where you have to do a little bit of a collaboration. I think if you really want to start talking about producing good players. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if people want to find you online, um, where should they go? You have a website? Are you on social media? I'm on, yeah, every platform, um, masstennisacademy.com. Okay. M-A-S-T. M-A-S-T, Tennis Academy, easy to remember. Yep. I, I'm on, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, everything. You can find me. You'll see our all our posts on Instagram um, about the tennis and pictures we have each week of kids and and how fun um tennis can be all right well i want to thank you for joining me today and most of all i want to thank you for a great week of tennis for my boys oh sure it was our pleasure honor to 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 have your kids and all the kids coming through the camp it's, we're grateful awesome awesome thanks coach and i wish you a great summer all right thank you okay thanks we'll see you have a good one you too